Militarily Speaking, Episode 42, Military Child Education Coalition, IMSEC. This episode, we talk with Dr. Becky Porter, President and CEO of the Military Child Education Coalition. Welcome to Militarily Speaking, brought to you by Armed Forces Bank. This is Tom McLean and my wonderful co-host, who now has coffee, <laughs> Jody Vickery. I am the Regional Military Executive for Armed Forces Bank, and Jody's the Executive Vice President, Director of Military Consumer Lending for our organization. And you're almost celebrating a third year, is that right? I'm not sure when my anniversary is, actually. It changes but by the when day. you mentioned coffee, and I had to admit I had none, I literally you just, just snapped your- <laughs> my pen in half. <laughs> That's what kind of an emergency we're having right now. We'll have to get a new seating arrangement here uh, Or a quickly. new pen, I don't know. Oh, well, again, welcome to our show. We're excited to have our audience listening and learning about our guest, Becky, Dr. Porter, with Military Child Education Coalition. And before we get started, I do want to share a little bit about her with you all. And it's a it's a wonderful bio. It's going to take me a minute because she's a very accomplished person. Yes. Dr. Becky Porter joined MSEC as the president and CEO in 2019 following her retirement from active duty service with the U.S. Army. Becky is a 1983 distinguished military graduate from the University of Washington and holds a doctorate of philosophy in clinical psychology from Fielding Graduate University. She earned her master's of arts in counseling psychology from Chapman University and a master of Science in National Security and Strategic Studies from the National War College. She also earned an Executive Certificate in Nonprofit Management from the Georgetown University McCourt School of Public Policy in 2020. She's done more in the first paragraph than I, I think you and I combined. And there's more. Yep. <laughs> she, is, she is a board-certified clinical health psychologist, a fellow of the American Psychological Association, and a member of the Order of Military Medical Merit. Her awards and recognition include, and this is, this is an impressive list, the oh, yeah. Lifetime Achievement Award from the Society for Military Psychology, the Legion of Merit, three awards, the Defense Meritorious Service Medal, and the Meritorious Service Medal, six awards. Additionally, she also holds the Army Surgeon General's A Proficiency Designator as recognition of her significant contributions to the U.S. Army Medical Department. Becky's military career spanned more than 30 years, and she served in all three components of the U.S. Army, with the Washington National Guard, the U.S. Army Reserves, and on active duty. She retired at the rank of colonel. She is a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom and former special assistant to the U.S. Army's 34th Chief of Staff, General Eric Shinseki. Her assignments included Germany, Tripler Army Medical Center, Hawaii, the Pentagon, the United States Military Academy, Walter Reed Army Medical Center, and the Joint Task Force National Capital Region Medical in Bethesda, Maryland. She commanded the Dunham U.S. Army Health Clinic in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, the DeLorenzo TRICARE Health Clinic at the Pentagon, and Public Health Command Europe. Becky and her husband, John, also a retired U.S. Army officer, live near Fort Cavazos. Is that right, Texas? You, you did oh. it. You're, you're yes. up to date. The Fort, yes. Fort, Fort Hood, formerly known as, right? Yes, yes. that's right. Yeah. Yes, well done. Welcome, Becky. It is an honor to have you on our show. We're so grateful that you're here spending some time with us today. We'd love for you just at the top of this podcast in time together, just to kind of give our audience an overview of the Military Child Education Coalition, kind of what's your mission, and just give them sort of the the four corners of the puzzle as we dive into more detail. 
Well, Tom and Jody, thank you for having me here today. I'm really happy to be able to tell you about MSEC. It's an organization that's been around for 25 years. This summer was 25 years. And it started outside of what was then Fort Hood when an assistant superintendent and a former commanding general and a military parent got together one night and were sitting around a kitchen table talking about the challenges that military kids face by virtue of the fact that their parents are serving in the military. And they said, you know, and things like not being able to meet the graduation requirements at their new duty station or having to make new friends again and again and again. And what they decided at that time was that we should form a coalition to do something about this. And that's how MSEC came to be, was was the desire to have a coalition to support military kids, particularly in in an academic setting. Over the years, that has grown to include the well-being of those military kids, their social adjustment, and, and really anything that supports them succeeding in an academic environment. The other thing about MSEC that I would that I would want people to know is that even though we started outside of Fort Cavazos, we're really a global organization. We serve all branches of the military, including the Coast Guard and Space Force, Guard, Reserve, Veterans Kids. You know, really, we like to say we don't check ID cards at the door because we want to support these kids. And so it's it's a, a mission that has grown and survived over 25 years, and we're looking forward to the next 25. That's awesome. You're celebrating your fourth, almost your fourth year anniversary with the organization? Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, I think it's next week. Four years. It is. Yeah. yeah. So congrats on that. Thank you. And, you know, I was going to echo the sort of the, the founding story of the organization back then, but I'm not going to do that because you did such a great job with it. That So what does that mean to you personally? Because you, your career, Jody read your bio, Jody read your accomplishments, Jody read your commitment to the military. But what, what, what does this coalition mean to you? Well, it, so it, it, it's really interesting that you noted that it's been four years since I came on board as the CEO. I actually started volunteering with MSEC back in 2001. I I worked for the chief of staff of the army. I was a major. My husband was a lieutenant colonel at the time. And we had two kids who were like pre-K in elementary school. And one of the first things I did in the job working as a special assistant for family programs was to proofread a publication that was a, a research study that the army had asked MSEC to conduct. And as I read through that, it was called the Secondary Education Transition Study. So trying to quantify all the anecdotal information that military parents and military kids could tell you about at that time. But what MSEC did was go out and do qualitative interviews. They, they talked with students, they talked with parents, they talked with educators, and put together this Secondary Education Transition Study. And as I was reading through it back in 2001, as part of my job in the Army, I went home and said to my husband, this is going to be bad for our kids when they get into high school. We, we need to get out of the Army. And I was really concerned for especially, I mean, the, the, academic, the academic struggles that moving so many times could p- present. But also, the, uh, as a psychologist, I was looking at the at the 
the emotional challenges that it would present. And so I have to say, fortunately, when I got to the end of the report, there were some solid recommendations about what could be done to support these children. And then I stayed on active duty for another 18 years. <laughs> so you asked why, why the mission is important to me. I, I saw our kids, just like the statistics say, military kids attend on average six to nine schools between kindergarten and their senior year of high school. And my kids did that too. So it is personal to me and it's important to me. And I would say that that's the case for all of the people who work for MSEC. A lot right. of us are military connected. Like you just you just met our IT specialist who was born at an army medical center in Hawaii. Yeah, that's such a, that's a common thread with all of the people that we've been fortunate enough to meet by way of this podcast that the people that are, are really serving and running these organizations and volunteering, it's because they've walked a mile in the shoes of the people they're now trying to help. So you, mm -hmm. you get it and you know what that's about. And even as Cindy introduced us to you, I mean, she's been with you since 2015. Then you've got Laura Caton, and I'm only mentioning a couple names, but she's been there since, what, 20, 2009? Yeah, and she was on our board of directors before that. <laughs> right, so that... I mean, that type of loyalty and that type of commitment, you, your organization is doing all the right things. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Most certainly. And, and I don't know for sure, to be, to be totally transparent, if it was an MSEC program or not, but I know when my children were in grade school, they had a program there. We, we weren't near an Army installation. We were, uh, my husband was on recruiting command, so he was kind of out in the civilian world, if you will. And they had a program for the kids where they would bring them out of class to connect with the military kids from K through six. You know, maybe once a month, but just a time to bring them together and let them talk about what it meant and what they were going through and as mom or dad deployed at the time. And again, I don't know for sure if that was MSEC related, but as I was reading through your website and preparing for today, I saw your student to student program and it, it reminded me of, of the, the support that my kids had. And I don't know if you could tell our audience a little bit about that student to student program and how that serves military kids at the various, various age levels. I'd be happy to do that. The student-to-student -student program, or we, of course, abbreviate it and call it S2S. Our S2S program is designed to help welcome new students into a school. So it's available at the elementary level and the middle school and high school levels as well. What it does is it's basically a club where the members of the club are educated on how to welcome new students, how to make them feel comfortable in a new school. We talk about the, the critical first two weeks in a new school that really kind of sets up a kid for feeling like they're on a good trajectory in that school. It's a student ambassador program that, that also teaches leadership. One of the things that I really like about our S2S program is that to belong to a club, you have like an adult, say a school counselor who's the adult mm -hmm. sponsor of the club in the school, but then the kids, it's a student-led club. Our S2S programs have both civilian and military kids in oh. the club. So it really helps those civilian kids get an appreciation for what their military counterparts go through and, and how they live their lives. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And I didn't think about the, the leadership opportunity for the kids that are running the program. Yeah as another benefit skill that on way top too. of the, yeah. the kids that they're welcoming. Well, if I could add on a little bit to that, the, the leadership opportunity with kind of a subset of our S2S 
is a program that we we run twice a year called the Francis Hesselbein Student Leadership Program. And Francis Hesselbein was a philanthropist, a former national director of Girl Scouts of America. Um, she she passed away just this last year at the age of 107, I think. Oh, wow. And wow. and Francis used to, to come to the, these events that we had. It's a week-long opportunity in the fall. It's at West Point in New York. And in the spring, it's at the United States Air Force Academy. And we take you know, 10 to 12 students from S2S. They compete to be, to have this opportunity. We go to one of, one of those academies and they spend a week there learning about leadership, learning about values. And the idea is that then they take what they've learned and go back and promulgate that at their schools. So, I mean, to me, it's, you know, lead, learning about leadership at two of the preeminent institutions in our country. Oh, sure. Yeah. On leadership, I just think is a, is a tremendous opportunity. No, definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, she mentioned Girl Scouts, right? <laughs> I, you know, doesn't Cindy have time? She was director of marketing at Girl Scouts, right? You have a connection to Girl Scouts. I, I have a craving for cookies. <laughs> so Tell so whenever, pe- whenever peanut butter patty season comes around... You uh, just keep us in mind, okay? We will. We will. Right. Um, I'll tell Cindy that. <laughs> I think I told her that. There's right. a okay. limit to yeah. how, many, how many cookies you should consume. There's yeah, a limit. So tell our audience the website, just so we make sure we get it right. It is militarychild.org. As we went out there, and it's pretty, it's pretty awesome to see all the collaborators, the partners, right, that you have out there that have been probably part of this since 25 years and continuing to expand. But looking at that list, it's really impressive. And I guess the question for you is, how do other like-minded organizations with that same kind of passion get in touch with you or, I guess, uh, provide their support to you? What are some of the action steps they can do? Well, you know, first of all, if you go to our website, if you want to contact me directly, my email address is becky.porter at militarychild.org. And and being part of our coalition and one of our partners can take many, many forms. We, we work with other nonprofits, leveraging their expertise to help us do our mission better. For example, there's what, the Military Family Advisory Network, MFAN, yep. has yep. a great expertise in program evaluation. So we're working with them to do some program evaluation on our our curricula and content that we have just to make sure that we have the, um, we pride ourselves on being an organization that is evidence informed. And so we're working with MFAN to update that, that relevance and that rigor in our curricula. We've worked with the Elizabeth Dole Foundation and Wounded Warrior Project on providing services student leadership services for kids who are in a caregiving role in their family. For instance, if they have a mother or father who was injured in battle, we work with those kids. And so it really, I mean, I think when you can be in in this space, in this military serving space and help elevate each other and leverage what they do well, then all the kids benefit and all the organizations are better able to do their mission. Agreed. Yeah, and I think in a roundabout way, we, we, we're, we're, we've worked with AMFAN before, too. And I think through AMBA, the Association of Military Banks of America, and right. that connection with Andy Adinison that you probably know. Yep. 
and and it's a, it, it is a small world. We talk about how big the world is, but in the military world, nonprofit world in particular, it's very tight knit mm-hmm. and it's very collaborative. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've all got the right end goal in mind, I think, yeah. at the macro level, for sure. You know, we've already I've already heard and even just in your your last answer that there are so many hats that military kids are asked to wear that would never even occur. I mean, you're just talking about a military child being in the role of a caregiver. You know, you you don't think about that role necessarily for kids, but there's also other people around them as a support system, the parents, the educators. I love that MSEC has a holistic approach to that. So maybe you could share with our audience a little bit about how you you equip each one of those groups to, to wrap their arms around those military kiddos. I think that's a great question, Jody, because, you know, when, when I'm in this every day, all day, really, I, I tend to forget that not everybody knows how we do what we do. And, and so it, I think it's important to break it out like you intimated three Three lines of effort, really. There, there's my military background coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in threes. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, so we have the the student focused content, which is like we were talking about the S two S and different workshops for kids, as well as the Francis Hesselbein Student Leadership Program. But we also have programming for educators and school counselors, and that includes professional development, different workshops, and a training opportunity every summer at our Global Training Summit in Washington, D.C., where they can come together and get continuing education and also just hear from thought leaders on military kids and education. Then the third line of effort that we have is in um, supporting parents. So we provide webinars for parents, we we do workshops for parents, and we think of we think of the way that we do we have a podcast as well. We think of all those as kind of a 360 or like you said, holistic way of supporting military kids. And to that or related to that, we have something called 360 summits. And these are opportunities where we go into a community. And depending on what the needs of the community are, what they're asking for, we'll do a two-day summit, the first day of which is that professional development for the educators. And then in the evening, we'll have a parent workshop. And oftentimes those are parents with their kids either coming in to do some kind of a literacy exercise or a STEM program. We'll do that in the evening. And then the next day is when the high school students and middle school students come and learn how to do S2S at their schools. So it's a way to have a lot of impact in just two days. It's pretty impressive. Again, you know, there's, you mentioned earlier in our discussion about the six to nine times, right? That the kids move. Yeah. And, And there's, I guess there's a combined, correct me if I'm wrong, Becky, 4 million children from post 9-11, 9-11, including those currently serving, that's about the, is that the, as big as the population of kids? Well, you know, interestingly or is it enough, bigger? it's bigger. We just, so the, the Military Family Research Institute out of Purdue University just put out a new statistic, I think in the last week, where including the kids of veterans, that number is 7 million. 7 wow. million. That's incredible, right? Yeah. I think you, beside S2S, you, you have talked about other programs, but is there any other specific program that comes to mind that are, are available through IMSEC? Or if you've covered all that ground, Becky, then we're going to move on to the next question. Or, you know, what I can do is talk to you about the fact that we do have something in common. I studied psychology in school. Does that matter? <laughs> it does matter. 
know, it, it does matter. And here's why I think it matters. See, I knew this would work out. Go yeah. ahead. Uh, Are you I looking for validation, Tom? Whether you, whether no matter at what level you you study psychology, and and for a while I felt like I was a one trick pony because that's that's all I studied was psychology. But even if you're not, you know, diagnosing or treating people in your head, it helps the way that you view the world. And and the times that that I was in command in the army my psychology training helped me, helped me understand soldiers, helped me understand our patients who were coming into the clinics and helped me implement programs that would be helpful. <laughs> it just gave me flashbacks to my childhood. No, it, my dad was a psychology major and he always used to, to get, get in my head well, and we, get in trouble for things. Sometimes we as bankers and people are, go through analysis paralysis and we, yes. and that's just the nature of it. But I do think you're right about reading people and understanding people through the walks of life and just through the interactions and the experiences that you have that no matter what profession you are and it, it can come to fruition and it can be helpful. You know, to tie it back to being helpful, you know, you know, Tom, I, I don't think this is where you were going with it, but it, you make, you bring up, a, you make me think of something interesting. And that is when I first came, like I didn't, I, I told you I started volunteering with MSEC back in 2001 when it, was part of my job with the army, but I continued my association with the organization through those years. And then in about 2009, MSEC stood up a science advisory board of clinicians, pediatricians, psychologists, psychiatrists. And I was, I was one of those clinicians and, and I continued to work with MSEC in that regard. Then later on, when I came to be on the staff at MSEC, I, I wanted to be very mindful coming into the role as the CEO that I didn't change the focus of the organization from being primarily education in the academic setting. I didn't want to say, well, my hammer is a psychology hammer. Right. And so I, I resisted very early on kind of that pull to see things through a psychology lens. But the last few years have shown us that that's, it's really important to look at things that way. There's a mental health crisis among youth in America, and military kids are not exempted from that. And so as we've continued to develop our programming, we include in that what are the, what are the well-being aspects of that? What, it, what does it take for a, a child to be well-positioned? to thrive mm -hmm. academically and socially. And so even though initially I really resisted using my psychology hammer, <laughs> um, I think mm -hmm. it has, I think it's really apropos during this time in our culture. Yeah, no, it seems very appropriate with everything that's going on and then layer on top of it, the, the uniqueness of being a military kid. I mean, yep. kids today, whether they're military or not, have a lot going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I, I can't imagine over the, the period of time that you've, you've worked with MSEC that you haven't run into so many stories that have touched your heart. I'm going to see if maybe you could share one or if you've got a couple that just always come to mind when you think about, you know, your why. Why, why are you doing this? You know, who's, who's that kid that you've really impacted or you've, you've, you've heard from their parents or their educators? I'd love for you to share kind of the heart of MSEC at, a, at an individualized level, if you, if you could. Sure. One of the one of the stories, and this is a story, but it's representative of several stories like this. A, a woman told me she's she's an adult now. She's actually 
married to a service member, but she was in a military family growing up. And when she first got, she was new in a high school, like so many of our kids are, the ninth grade or 10th grade, they're the new kid. And she, she, and her dad was, was fairly high ranking. She went to the new school, didn't know anybody when she walked in the door, managed to get from class to class to class. But then, and what a lot of kids will tell you when they're new, the, the worst thing is that first day of school at lunchtime. And she said she got her tray, she got her lunch, and she walked into the cafeteria and looked around and did not see any welcoming place to sit. So she took her lunch and she went to the bathroom and she sat on a toilet and ate her lunch the first day at a new school. And that situation is why we have S2S. So that when you get to that new school, you've already made a connection with one of the students who's there and you know who you're sitting with at lunch. What, what grade? She was in 10th grade. Okay. Yeah. You know, you think about that stuff happening in second and third because they're, they're so just not accustomed to that environment. But even, in that, even at that grade level, it's still meaningful. Oh, yeah. Going to that new environment. You need, you need a welcome hand and a, someone that's going to take you by the hand and, and walk you through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of the other initiatives that are on your website, Becky, are college and career readiness, military student data identifier, Operation Educate the Educators, Every Student Succeeds Act. I mean, there's just, there is a plethora, Jody, <laughs> of, favorite word, uh, of information <laughs> out there resourcefully and, and just educationally that's available for people that want to visit your website. Anything else you want to share about those particular entities that I threw out you? Well, the ones that you just listed really ha- have, they're, they're kind of a policy policy bent to them, like the military student identifier or military student data identifier. And that came out of the Every Student Succeeds Act and is different from impact aid, where impact aid has dollar tax money associated with it. But the military student identifier is a way for for schools to to see who in their in their in their system is connected to the military. And then it also will aggregate data on their achievement so that ostensibly a parent could go to a website and say, the military kids in this school system are performing at this level versus another school. We think it's important not necessarily to compare schools, but just so that schools are aware of the kid of the kids that they have who are serving. And the National Guard and Reserve kids are the ones or those ones, like you mentioned earlier, Jody, the ones that are there for recruiting command, they're out in the civilian community and can get overlooked very easily as, as having some of those same needs that, you know, the kids who live around the installation have. Yeah, no, that's very true. And now I know why when I enroll my kids every year, they ask me that question. <laughs> We're connecting dots. Yes. I, I like this very much. You know, with the kind of with kind of great work that MSEC does, it's it's not a shock or a surprise to me that the organization's been recognized over the years. Things like Best in America Charity by Independent Charity Seal of Excellence. What do those kind of third party accolades or recognition mean to you personally, to the organization? I don't know if those are, are two different and things like, or if it's one and the same. Well we talk about we talk about charity navigator too, uh-huh. and you go there and you say, Okay, 
how good is this organization? How many dollars go back yep. to serving versus in the pockets of others? And well, yeah, talk to that about the accomplishments, achievements, and reputation you have. Well, I think I think that it really it really can be two different things. So for the organization, you know, we're we're a nonprofit, and so we survive and we're able to do what we do by parting someone with their money, right? And if you're going to ask someone to write a check, whether it's a, a foundation or an individual or a corporation, and you want their support, you need to be able to demonstrate that you do what you say what you say you're going to do and that you do it well and that you do it efficiently. So that's one aspect of it. For me personally, to me, those kind of accreditations are a reflection of the rigor with which we develop our programming. I told you I was on the science advisory board before I came to be the CEO. Mm-hmm. We use our science advisory board as a kind of an azimuth check. You know, how are we doing on this curriculum? We'll, you know, call up somebody from Penn State or Tufts University or UCLA and say, because they're all on our board, and say, what's the most recent literature on this topic? And they'll, you know, for them, it's just off the top of their head. They send us, and then we dig in, research the curriculum, put it together and bounce it off them to make sure that it's, that it's evidence informed and, and follows the science. And so those kinds of things, those kinds of accreditations and certifications to me, I really value the fact that we're, that we're evidence informed and that there's a lot of rigor behind how we develop our programming. And that's what they tell me. Yeah. And and I think that's another way to have folks have confidence in supporting what you're doing, because it's not just you telling them that we feel like we're making a difference. I mean, you can show, you know, with data, I'm a data, I like data a lot, (laughs) but you can show them that you are making a difference and it's quantitative (laughs) in nature. I mean, I'm sure there's a qualitative overlay, but you know, you can show them in hard numbers that you've made a difference. Yeah, absolutely. I also think, you know, you, you recently were a guest speaker at the 2023 military social work and behavioral health conference in Austin. And even that kind of credibility, not that you want to take it, take the personal accomplishments and accolades there, but you put that into the mix of supporting IMSEC and the, and the work you do for IMSEC, it ties nicely together and it's a great way to advocate in a public setting like that for the organization, but also provide all that experience you have and share, and share your wealth of knowledge when it comes to the wellness side of it. Wait, can I, can I go tangential? <laughs> so you went, you went to the White House, right? You've been to the White House. Several times. Is it, look, there's a that's a positive response. So how many, <laughs> I know she kind of took a deep uh, sigh. T- Our goes, audience can't see you, but she goes, oh, I have to like, go again. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, so one time when I was there, actually, one of the social aides came up to me and said, "You've been here before, haven't you?" And I, said, I said, "I don't look bored, do I?" And she said, "No, you just look like you know your way around." And so my, please don't take my response to be anything other than, uh, well, my son-in-law, when I sent a picture one time from the White House, my son-in-law quoted Forrest Gump and he said, so I went to the White House again. (laughs) But but really, the times that I've been have been, and and it's been for different reasons and different groups of people. and, uh, And I'm struck every time by their support for the military and their support mm-hmm. for military kids. 
What was your question going to be? Nothing. There's literally no telling. <laughs> yeah. That was a random comment. I thought, man, she, all, all that you've been through and that you've been there. I've been to the White House once. They're probably not in the same setting as you have, but it was he more. He didn't let him in. He's been out front. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a tour. Yeah. <laughs> it was a tour. It, it wasn't anything. I, I wasn't getting recognized like the Golden State Warriors or something for <laughs> championship. Yeah. I guess what I wanted you to do is also give a message to the partners and all the people that have supported you. Is there any message you want to say at a high level about the appreciation you have for them? all the supporters, individual and business. So earlier, I think you you made reference to our National Advisory Committee. And, right. and it, is, it is quite a list of individuals who support us. And I think what I would want to say to them is thank you. There are a lot of senior spouses, senior individuals from the military, senior folks from academia and the education sector. National Geographic, Sesame Street, I think, might even be on there. Uh, If they're not, they should be because they're one of our our best partners. But their belief, those individuals' beliefs, belief in in what we do and how we do it, uh, I think is is valuable in this space and in this sector. And and we are very appreciative of it. And I I do call on those individuals and say, you know, maybe I'll text them and say, I have a question about this. Do you have time for a call? And and with without exception, they yeah. make time to talk to us. Yeah. Well, it's, a, yeah, it's important to them. So the the response to this and the reaction is nothing less than I'm going to respond to you immediately and help you. Without exception and probably without hesitation. Yeah. Would yep. be my guess. Mm-hmm. Yes. Most certainly. So we do want to kind of wind down. We don't want to overstay our welcome on your on your busy calendar. I do want to mention the website one more time, though, www.militarychild.org. I think you know our audience can go there and learn all about the organization. Is that a place, too, where if they wanted to support in a financial way or in other ways that there's opportunities to do that, I would, I would expect? Absolutely. There's a donate button on the page. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And should we, should we play the game? Yeah, I was getting to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, one, thank you for your time today. As we close, we'd ask you to hang with us for just a couple more minutes, and then we'll, we'll get you back to your day. You know why I'm so giddy? Because the question, the trivia question, oh, is, no. about, is about psychology. We are not putting you but, on the spot. Yeah, you don't have to answer it, but I, because of my psychology background, I was excited about giving this as one of our questions for our audience. So okay. we're, we're going to do last week's question. And we'll see if she can answer it. He's a bit of a pop culture kind of guy. So last week's Military Minute was on pop culture. What Netflix show has been streamed the most of all time by both hours watched and views? So, Becky, if you had to guess, because it's okay if you guess on this one. You just can't guess on the next one. (laughs) Most streamed show on Netflix ever. You know, when we say the answer, Drew, she's going to be like, I've never even heard of that show. That was my response, Becky. Uh, (laughs) Most streamed. You got this. It's not Breaking Bad. (laughs) I can't believe you're making her try to guess. (laughs) Ozark? I don't know. Oh, I love Ozark, though. Have you seen all? You saw all three seasons, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. It was not It's got to come back again. So did you see Better Call Saul then, too, because of? I didn't. No, I didn't. So put that on your list. Okay. But the correct answer is, Jody? The correct answer is Squid Game, which I don't even oh, know what that means. Yeah. See? 
Yes. <laughs> I've heard of none of these shows. Guys, I don't that know. That was intense. That was, was intense. Tell Jody that it's really important that she sees it because it's part of- I don't even know how to log of, into Netflix. Okay. Just, just soak that in. All right, in for she's a out. I'm glad, <laughs> I am glad, Becky, that you have seen it because I enjoyed it. And they keep talking about a season two, but we'll see. Well, I saw something. You saw something about it? I saw something about an actual game show that will be like that, like it. Oh. Well, and I can't imagine that it would be completely like it. <laughs> yeah. Don't, would be spoiler alert. Spoiler yeah, spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> Well, so this week's Military Minute is, is not about Squid Game. So nobody answer this one because we're going to ask our audience to play along when we post and drop this episode. But it's about psychology. And I have a so feeling she'll know the answer to She's anyway, definitely so, going to know. Yeah. And you took a psychology class, I think. I did. It was, it was online and I did the cliff notes. <laughs> so you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So what are the five motivations on Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Nobody answer. It's that pyramid thing, and I talk about it a lot in my in my banking life too with my with my coworkers, and it's no wonder that they love it so much that they keep talking about Maslow. Well, if you're in our audience and you know the answer, uh, when we drop this podcast, feel free to comment that answer and watch for yourself to be selected as the person that will be receiving a fifty dollars gift card for yourself and fifty dollars for a charity of your choice. We have just learned that you could use militarychild.org Insect. as a place yep. to to donate those funds, and we'd we'd encourage you to think about doing that. But I just I just want to close, Becky, by saying couldn't be more thankful that you spent time with us today. I appreciate your service to the country, your ongoing service to the kiddos that serve our country, and I just I'm, I'm grateful for your time this afternoon. Thanks for this opportunity. I've had a good time today. Well, good. She's going to go back and binge watch Squid Game again because she was so excited about it. So if you, if you enjoyed today's episode, go out to afbank.com, subscribe to the show like Becky's going to subscribe. Also, make sure to rate us, leave a comment on your favorite podcast platform. And those platforms, Jody, are Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Yes, everywhere. Well done, Becky. Excellent job. Excellent representation. And I appreciate all that you do for our country. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. I really do appreciate it. And and I did have fun today. So thanks. (laughs) Say that again. You what? I I did have fun today. All right. Enjoy the rest of your training. Thank you. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Copyright 2022 Armed Forces Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. All non-Armed Forces Bank-owned apps, websites, company names, and product names are trademarks or registered trademarks of their respective owners. Their mention does not imply any affiliation with or endorsement by Armed Forces Bank of them or their products and services. They are merely used as examples of the many available apps, companies, and websites that offer similar services. Before using any app or website, you should carefully review the terms of use, data collection, and privacy policy. Apps may have an initial cost or in-application purchase features. This information is general in nature and is not intended to be legal, tax, or financial advice. Although Armed Forces Bank believes this information to be accurate, it cannot ensure that it could change. Statements or opinions of individuals referenced herein are their own, not Armed Forces Bank. Consult an appropriate professional concerning your specific situation and respective governing bodies for applicable laws, such as IRS.gov for current tax law, Armed Forces Bank, the Armed Forces Bank logo, and the militarily speaking logo are registered trademarks of Armed Forces Bank.